shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Welcome to episode 117 of the Human Hope Podcast. Y'all know the rhyme. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. Hey! What is good, familia? Shall we back? You came back. You came back after our complicated conversation about the 4th of July, and you're back. It's not the 4th of July. It is currently, right now, as you listen to this podcast, the 13th of July. Which is a day before Dr. Delight. I'm going to take you down just, just for a second. Fade in, fade in. A, A, A. Wait, no, no. I'm, wait, we're going to lift it back up. I'm going to let you guys do it. Ready? Here we go. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. I mean, it's still there. It's still hot. It's still lit. Uh, the 13th here of July. The day before, I am on Good Morning America. Mom, I've made it. We are on Good Morning America. I say we, every time I say we, it's because without you, there is no me when it comes to TV. Because you are the people that are watching me on the TV. And tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Thursday, I will be on Good Morning America, the third hour, to talk about my book, How to Human. So that's fun, right? How, How fun is that? Round of applause for some fun. I can't wait. I have been living la vida loca in Switzerland, in France. I've needed this vacation tremendously. So thanks for following along on my little journey as we have gone all over the place and had a good swell old time. But as you're listening to this right now, we are going to fix some things for you today. And when I say we, I mean me. Me and me and some research that my team has done Today, we're going to, I'm just going to dive right in. Today, we're going to be talking about the problem that we all have. I've got this, I've got this statement that I make in my How to Human talk. And I say, 
that our souls and psyche were not created with the capacity to consume the amount of content we consume. Okay. What do I mean by that? Like we just weren't, we weren't created to consume what we consume. I've talked about this on my podcast, but today specifically, we're going to be talking about this thing called doom scrolling, doom scrolling. I put a tweet up that went a little viral, which, which was maybe a, an unpacking of my shorter sentence that I just said that we don't, our souls and our psyche weren't created with the capacity to consume the amount of content we consume. And this is what I unpacked it as. Just a reminder that you do not have the emotional capacity to peruse people's raging opinions for hours on end, which so many of us do, myself included. I didn't say that part. And then I kept going, dot, dot, dot. Your friends and family can see the weight of all that borrowed rage hanging off your shoulders and dragging on the floor as you walk throughout your day. They can't trust me. They can. Y'all know, y'all, y'all know those people, those people that are just always angry because of the last thing they read on Twitter. Sorry. I keep like uh, interjecting my own thoughts in my own thought. Even if you can't see it because you're used to the weight, stop the doom scrolling, mute the cynics and watch as your shoulders lift and your lungs expand with more ease than they have in a long time. That quote was by Carlos Whitaker. That quote was by Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman Archibald Cabello. We are not designed to continually consume content, but the apps are designed to keep us consuming. I've called this story stress before. Story stress is, is the stress that we play on our, place on our, on our shoulders by not only consuming bad news, but consuming good news. So, you know, we, they call it doom scrolling because you're just consuming doom, right? Like you're just, it's just like doomsday. Everything's so sad. Doom, doom. But I don't, I don't think that that's the only problem. I think of just scrolling in general, the, the massive amount of content, good news or bad news. We have actually kind of deified ourselves. We have made ourselves little gods. My view is that God knows everything. This is my view. Okay. God knows everything. He's omnipotent, omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. And suddenly we now have the ability to be omnipresent. I can be here recording this podcast while on my phone scrolling and seeing what's happening with my best friend in Southern California. Therefore, I can actually experience being two places at one time. That's not human. Uh, my book's called How to Human. That, that It's just not. Now, it can become more human. You know, we, I think we're, humans are adaptable. I think, as Marie Forilio says, everything is figureoutable. I think that we can continue to grow and move and shift. But I don't think that we were created to carry all that. And again, I've, I've talked about this study where just the amount of content that an average American consumes the first 15 minutes they're awake is the same amount of content that my great-grandparents consumed in a month. And we wonder why we are having not only a crisis, you know, crisis of, of like conspiracy theories and all the things, but like we wonder why we're having a mental health crisis. I think we're humaning wrong. Your digital life affects your physical life and thus affects your interpersonal relationships. There is a value of being well-informed. There is. I think there's a great value. And I'm going to talk 
at the end on some of the ways I believe that we can continue to be well-informed. But what's the value of being informed of every single tragedy? If it leaves you too full or angry, or honestly, what it's turning into is turning us into being apathetic. Now, like we, we don't even know how to hold the sufferings of our loved ones or our neighbors because we're holding the sufferings of far too many people. Think about it. Let's go back 100 years. Let's go back 200 years. Like the only thing that people had to carry was the pain and the trauma and the tragedy of their local community. The baker was worried about their farmer friend who had an accident or their kid's sick and the whole community comes together and pours into what it is. You look at the Amish community. They they literally don't drive cars for the specific reason of making sure they are available to each other when somebody is in need. Do you guys know that? That's actually why. It's not like they don't believe in wheels or moving. They just don't want to be too far. If they had cars, they'd be too far apart. If somebody's barn burns down, then they can't fix it in a day, which is what they do. This show is sponsored by Better Help. I know that there are certain times in our lives where we feel uncertain about where we're going or the right path, etc. And sometimes we're faced with like tough choices. I'm literally in the middle of one of the toughest choices of my life right now. Right now. I've been talking about it on Insta stories. And guess who's helped me? My therapist, right? So again, whether we're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy lets you stay connected to what you really want while navigating life. So you can move forward with confidence and not only confidence, but excitement. Like when I talked to my therapist about my big decision this week, like I left feeling like I could breathe. And how about the fact that you don't have to get in your car, go to an office, drive somewhere in order to get therapy. You get it on your phone or your laptop. It's entirely online. All of it designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. Let's see it, Human Hope Familia. I would love for you guys to go to betterhelp.com. Okay? So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash human hope today and get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash human hope. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we get back? How do, how, how, how do we get back to where we need to be? I just, I, I just think that we're, we know too much. We know too much. Question to ask yourself. If the doom scrolling is making you angry, is your anger more valuable than your empathy? What, I mean, let's think about that for a second. Let's unpack that. What do we believe holding anger can accomplish as opposed to holding empathy? Because a constant stream of bad news or just consuming content in general is going to make most of us angry, okay? Unless you're doing nothing but 
watching Bob Ross videos. I almost said Bob Goff videos. <laughs> and suddenly I have a, a picture in my head of Bob Goff painting happy little trees. So we hold anger more valuable than we hold empathy. If we begin to look at empathy as a thing that we need to hold, I honestly believe we become better. How do we do that? How do we get there? Well, we, we don't fatigue ourselves with, the, with, with compassion, right? Like, like I, I think it is fair to say that there is such thing as compassion fatigue. I, I think that it is fair to say that if we see too much bad news, it is going to exhaust us. And it's going to get us to the place where we become numb to those things. And if there's one thing I don't want us to get numb, it's our empathy and our compassion. We, we've, we're only built for so much. We're only built for so much trauma, gazing, doom scrolling. Okay, so, so let, let's, let's kind of get beyond some of this, you know, some of my emo stuff. I, I, obviously, you can tell I got feelings on this stuff. Now, it's not that, that like all the news stories that we're, that we're seeing are like false. They're just not representative of the totality of the truth of where we live. It's, it's you know, I, I actually, I made a reel about this a couple of weeks ago where I just basically tried to convince everyone that we're not as far, we're not as extremely opposed as the world is trying to make us believe that we're that opposed to each other. Okay. I think it was, it was the stat showed that 90% or 91% of tweets generated in the United States of America are literally created by the most extreme political ideologies, 90%. And everyone else in the middle, which is most people, okay, I just want to remind you that most people are only responsible for 9% of the tweets created, which is mind-blowing, which just goes to show when you're scrolling the stuff, you're just scrolling the extreme version. You know, looking at the, the, the early 1960s, Okay, there was a change in like mindset. There was a peak in the 60s in trusted institutions, right? So like everyone just kind of trusted the government, trusted institutions. People joined in a sense of collective accomplishment of improvement since then. Now trust has begun to fall in all of the institutions, right? And people are assuming, everyone is assuming the stance of a social critic. Suddenly everybody is critical of everything, either to eager to point out failure and corruption. I, I just, we just can't maintain this. Now, now when, when bad things happen, normally things unfold quickly. But think about this for a second. When good things happen, good things normally unfold really slowly. Now, what, what, where does that set us up for? Well, it sets us up for not seeing the good things as much as we see the bad things. There's great Instagram accounts. My friend Michelle runs Good News Movement and, you know, she, she literally is nothing but good news all day long. But, you know, there's a reason why good, they're, they're like the nightly news isn't good news because it doesn't pay. So, I mean, it just, it's just common sense that, of course, the news is going to lead with the doom. Again, it's not wrong to be skeptical of claims of progress. We, we all can be. It's not, it's not wrong to be, but it seems like knee-jerk skepticism that's become so second nature that we don't even realize that we're doing it. Think about it. Think about the last time you heard something good 
that some somebody or some institution that you're not fond of did. Okay, so when when last time somebody did something good, oh, I wish I could find a, a YouTube clip of, of it, but I've seen people on on YouTube go up to, I don't know, go to a Trump rally and stick a microphone in the face of one of the supporters and say, can you tell me three things that, that uh, Joe Biden has done well in this presidency? And they can't say one. Flip it. Go up to a progressive, stick a microphone in their face and tell me three things that, the, that Donald Trump did well. They can't say one. Why? Because we are so skeptical and it's so second nature that we don't even know how to see the good anymore in people that don't look like us, think like us, vote like us, talk like us. It's just gotten so skewed. I was going to say screwed and it has, but it's gotten so skewed. There is a, oh, there is this one YouTube video I can find it really quickly of this, this man, Rolf Dubali, who it's four minutes of him explaining for reasons why you should stop watching the news and why he stopped watching the news. Now, I don't, I'm not in agreement that we should stop watching the news. I believe that the news is very important. But if you would, just for a moment, entertain me by listening to Rolf and his reasons as to why. Check this out. Can you live without the news? Can you live without the day-to-day -day chatter about things happening, about the stuff that comes down from television and newspaper headlines? Two years ago, I started an experiment. I cut myself off completely from the news. I threw my TV out the window, I canceled my newspapers, I deleted the news apps from my phone, and I reset my browser start page from Google News to Amazon. The first 30 days were hard, really hard. Standing in line, waiting, and not checking the news on the phone, instead pulling out a book. I forced myself not to pick up newspapers laying around airports, to not even glance at the headlines if the guy in front of me opened up his paper. But after a month, about a month, something strange happened. I arrived in a new land. It felt so solid, so real, so peaceful. And it still does today. I'm happy to report I now have more time, I think deeper, I have more insights. Cutting out the news was one of the best decisions of my life and I will never go back. See, news is to the brain what sugar is to the body. You can swallow limitless quantities of news flashes, tidbits like jelly beans, but these jelly beans don't nourish you. They don't give you understanding. As a matter of fact, they're quite toxic to your brain. Events, news events, are just things happening, flickering on the world's surface. But to make better decisions, you want to understand what drives these events, what generates these events. And news stories don't tell you that. News gives you the illusion of understanding, and that illusion is dangerous. I came to realize the more news you consume, the less you understand the world. My website lists 15 reasons why you should give up the news. Let me give you just four. Number one, the brain interprets the sensational as being much more frequent than it actually occurs. And it disregards the silent risks that, don't, that are not fit for the headlines. The result, you constantly walk around with the wrong risk map in your head. Number two, news are mostly irrelevant. An average person consumes between 10,000 and 20,000 news stories a year. Let me ask you, from the thousands of news stories you have seen this year, tell me one 
just one that has allowed you to make better decisions for your private life or business life compared to not knowing it. Be truthful. Most people have a difficult time coming up with a single example. Now, people push me and they say, but you have to know if there's a catastrophe somewhere on the planet. Really? Do I? There's probably bad things happening on other planets, and I'm quite okay not knowing about them. That's funny. I'm not callous. I'm just rational, just setting priorities. Number three, news is toxic to your health. News stories constantly trigger the limbic system. Panicky stories release glucocorticoids, stress hormones that put your body in a state of chronic tension and alert. The result? Your body stops growing, doesn't repair itself, and becomes susceptible to infection. You will be physically healthier if you stay away from the perpetual drama of the news. Number four, news wastes time. If you consume news for 15 minutes each morning and 15 minutes in the afternoon and watch news on television for 30 minutes before bed, you waste productive hours totaling a workday a week. A day for what? If news gave you a competitive advantage, journalists would be the richest people on the planet. <laughs> they are not. Quite to the contrary. Today I realize to have a real competitive advantage you better stay out from the news stream. So, what should you do? Go cold turkey, make news inaccessible, read long, solid magazine articles that give you perspective, read books that explain the world's complexities, try reading a book a week, better two or three, history is good, biology, psychology, have fun reading and talk to people who really know. And I guarantee you, if something truly important happens, you will hear about it in time from your friends. And don't be shy about discussing your news diet. People will be fascinated. My advice to you, go deep instead of broad in your search for knowledge. You will be more healthy, more wealthy, and more wise. Thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm not into everything he said, but I love what he said at the end. Go deep instead of going wide. I'm not going to cut off cold turkey. But one way that I have made a decision to consume my news is different than I've done it before. And I've been, do I've been doing this for a couple of years now. Basically, I stopped using Twitter as my news feed. That, that was like my news feed. And I subscribed to this thing. It's really cool. Called a newspaper. And every morning when I walk out to drink my coffee on my front porch, there it is. I don't know who drops it off in my front yard, who throws it. Again, I think the joke in my head has always been it's, it's a guy named Biff in a Trans Am with a mullet and he throws it in my yard every morning. And I get to consume the news and I read it and it's great. And guess what? I don't watch the news anymore the rest of the day. I don't scroll Twitter for the news. Anymore. If something happens that I need to find out about, guess when I'm going to find out? The next morning when I open up my newspaper. Like I am like straight up leave it to beaver news reading dad. It's so important that we begin to understand that it really is bad for us to read constantly and to consume constantly. The majority of Americans self-report that the news causes stress and anxiety, and yet the majority also self-report that they check the news multiple times a day and check social media on top of that, which often also includes news. 
as well as bystander captured media, which intensifies the information that we're consuming, which has increased in popularity since the rise, obviously, of the camera phone. Now, I've got a lot of friends that work in the news. Okay, I'm not saying the news is bad. I'm just telling you there's a certain way to consume it. The added stress of negative news can exasperate personal worries that are completely unrelated. I just, I see it. I see it in my friends. I've got friends that I, I can just tell how stressed they are. And their stress is actually, if they were just stressed about their life, they wouldn't be nearly as stressed, but they're stressed about so much more. I'm going to pick on my mom for a second now that she's a news junkie, but she, it's funny. As I'm prepared, I was, I was preparing for my trip to go to France. Hey, did you, are you taking a mobile personal carbon dioxide monitor? I was like, what? She's like, uh, she's like, are you taking a, like a carbon dioxide monitor? Because they're recommending that you take those now to Europe. And, and I was like, no, like, what do you mean? Well, you know, entire families have woken up dead in hotels in, you know, maybe in Mexico and overseas and because of carbon monoxide. And I'm like, how do you know this? I'm fairly certain she probably read it on Facebook. <laughs> and I just said, mom, I refuse to carry a personal carbon monoxide monitor. I've been overseas enough times to where I, I just, I think I'm going to be okay. I'll, I'll crack the window. It's just adding stress to us. Love you, mom. Moms are always supposed to be worried about the kids. But just understand that it adds stress. Now, here, here's the thing. Side effects of doom scrolling aren't just mental. They're literally physical too. Like the effect of stress on your physical body is real. Heart palpitations, headaches, all sorts of things we could literally cut out if we stop the doom scrolling. You can stay informed without a cost, okay? When you look at like positive news, and there's like data now that shows that when you read positive news versus negative news, there is changes in your brain. Contrary to negative news, positive and neutral news do not modulate stress reactivity, memory, and effect. These results suggest that people can stay informed without psychological costs when the news to which they are exposed to becomes positive or neutral in its approach. Okay, this is from NCBI. Uh, it was a study done. Exposure to negative news results in increased negative effects, emotions, poor self-concept, anger, contempt, disgust, and decreased positive effect, being confident, active, alert, positive, engaged with people and surroundings. It also, you know, again, I worry about our empathy. I think that it messes with our empathy when we're, when we just know too much. I mean, there's always going to be something to be mad about. There's always going to be a conflict in the world and we can't care about everything. You just can't. I'm sorry. This is coming from Enneagram 9 that's super empathetic, but I've got to protect my empathy. I can't care about every single thing that's happening, which is why, you know, when people are like, well, Carlos, why don't you care about this? You care about that, but you haven't talked about this because I don't have the emotional bandwidth to care about everything all the time. <sighs> it's just not good for us, people. It's not good for us. So let, let's do this. Let's lean into... Again, I I feel like I feel like this I feel like this podcast is depressing because it, we get it. It's bad. Like social media is designed to keep us addicted. Okay, so what do we do? What do we do? Well, let's get some actions. Some of the actions you can do is, and I do this all the time. 
I do follow a few people on Twitter that keep me that I don't that I'd like vehemently disagree with that keep me kind of updated on what maybe people that are in my world, their worldviews and what they believe. So I, I've got a couple people that make my spine tingle. Is that a thing? Do spines tingle? Is that actually what happens to me when I get riled up? Uh, maybe. Let's let's start using that spine tingle. Hashtag spine tingle. I know, so I follow a couple people like that, but just a few. But what I've really done is cleaned up my list, cleaned up the people that I follow, even people that I follow and agree with, if they come across patronizing or they come across dehumanizing, or they even if I agree with their point of view, I've unfollowed. I have. Because it's better for me, not because I think they're bad people, not because I think that they're manipulative or doing this on purpose, but just because I ain't got time for that kind of like stuff. I just don't. I don't have time because it weighs on me. So clean up your following list. Go go through it. I mean, listen, this is my my thing. But like when I when I get to on Instagram specifically, and I'm following more than 500 people, I got to cut it back down to three. Now I know not not everyone uses Instagram like I do, or Twitter like I do. But I, I clean up my list constantly. I'm constantly cleaning my list. Y'all know where I like to hire. That is right. It is Indeed. How many of you have actually gone to the Indeed website? I would love for all of you to go to the Indeed website right now. Like stop, pull over, go to indeed.com slash human hope and check out all the truth that I'm spitting is right there in front of you. Indeed is the hiring platform, the hiring partner that can help you rise to the challenge you need. Indeed. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, y'all know which ones they are, searching for candidates with the right skills. Indeed is a powerful Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Again, one of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because they get me one step closer to the hire by immediately matching me with quality candidates. I'm actually looking this week for a part-timer and let's see if Indeed can help me out. They helped me find my assistant, Whitney. Can they help me find somebody else? Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash human hope offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash human hope. Just go to indeed.com slash human hope and support the show. This show by saying you heard about it on this podcast, indeed.com slash human hope terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. Every single time that green chef box comes bumping to my door, my wife goes, "Woo!" why? Because we love green chef. The Whitaker familia loves it. Heather loves green chef. She cooks it the day it shows up. Green chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company, and it makes eating well easy with plans that fit every single lifestyle. My family literally has like five different eating lifestyles. Green chef can cater to all of us, okay? And here's a beautiful thing. Now you can choose from 50 plus weekly menu and market items. You get to choose that on the website and you get to make it your own, discovering exciting new flavors that support your healthy lifestyle. They're also the number one meal kit for eating clean, okay? So fill your best with this delicious, nutritionist approved recipes featuring clean ingredients with no artificial colors, sweeteners, high 
fructose, corn syrup, and limited added sugar and limited processed ingredients, right? You get to choose from recipes featuring lean proteins like turkey, sockeye, salmon, bara, mandi. I don't even know how to say that fish. All kinds of stuff. So listen, you got to know that they deliver everything you need to eat clean to your door this summer. Okay, you're going to feel amazing when you do this. This is what I want you to do. Go to greenchef.com slash humanhope50 and use code humanhope50 and get 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to greenchef.com slash humanhope50 and use code humanhope50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Turn off push notifications. The push notification, all it's meant to do is get you to open your phone up and you know what happens when you open your phone up to swipe away from that notification, your finger automatically goes to Twitter, Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is that you're addicted to. And then boom, you're scrolling and TikTok. 15 minutes later, you're like, wait, what did I just do with 15 minutes of my life? Turn off the push notifications. Literally have phone free zones. Do y'all have those? Have phone free zones in your house. Let your kids see that you're not on your phone all the time. I mean, the, the worst thing that your kids, that I think kids growing up these days are seeing is instead of their parent size, they're seeing an Apple logo because they're recording everything. No, have a phone free zone. Take a mental inventory of how you're doing after you scroll. So a lot of times I did this last night. I was in bed and I shouldn't have my phone because I made a promise to myself that my phone's not going to be in bed, but it was in bed with me. And I ended up scrolling for like 45 minutes and I was actually laughing. Okay. So I was laughing because for some reason right now, my TikTok um, for you page is nothing but fails and people that are failing miserably at things. And it makes me laugh. But then somehow I got into through my, it went away from like funny fail videos into like true crime videos. And next thing you know, I was like listening to like 911 calls of people that are confessing to murder. And that's what I ended up going to bed with. Round of applause for me, Carlos. That's great. This happens to all of us. Okay. So take an assessment, a mental inventory of how you're doing after you scroll. Now, this is a big one. If you're going to watch the news, if you're going to pay attention to the news, try a trusted and verifiable news podcast. May I suggest either Smart Her News or Moche News. Okay. Mo News is probably my favorite news source. Let me find you the link where you can subscribe to his podcast. If you go to, Mo, there it is, Mo News, M-O dot News. Okay. He's got a, a subscription model and probably one of the best journalists, neutral, nuanced that you can find out there. So anyway, there's a lot out there. Find one. And then ask yourself this question. What is the quality of the news you're consuming? Is it constructive? Does it offer solutions to problems that it presents? Or is it just giving you problems? Very important. The next action step, assess what you're looking at. Okay. So assess what you're looking at. Look at like the vocabulary that they're using. Look at the photos that they're using. Are they, are they trying to trigger you? Another action. Don't consume the news in a vacuum. Have real conversations about it with people who are in your life. I, I love that. I am uh, heading to a soccer game and I'm going to talk about the news with a friend. And we disagree on a lot of things, but we're going to 
have a conversation. And guess what? We're not going to hate each other. We're not going to yell at each other. Why? Because we're in front of each other. And normal people have normal conversations with each other when they disagree on things. I promise you that we, we've been convinced that that's not how it is, that we're just supposed to scream and yell about everything we don't agree with. When sometimes we can just move along. <sighs> I mean, how about this? Participate or act on issues that you actually care about rather than just consuming headline after headline. If you are going to post something on your Instagram about some conflict in the Middle East and refugees coming in, and I can't believe that whatever's happening, I'm just making this up, okay? But I don't see you in the next story going down to greet those refugees that are coming and bringing them food, then what actionable step are you actually taking besides complaining? Hmm, there's one. If you care about something, actually do something, participate in something. <sighs> How about this one? Try to balance. If you read a negative story that makes your spine tingle, <laughs> as I said, why don't you, for everyone, find a positive story? Yeah, kind of go back and forth like a seesaw. And again, just step away from the screen to process what has been upsetting. Take a walk, write about it, journal, talk to a friend. I just, at the end of the day, want all of us to know, this is what I want at the end of this podcast. I want you to be like, you know what? That was some bad news. But Carlos told me that I can, I can feel better about it if I have a little news rhythm, if I don't doom scroll, and you can still stay involved. Like I, I still... I still love Twitter. I use Twitter a lot. I just don't scroll the news. So the people that I've started following on Twitter are like, I'm just addicted to soccer. So like I, they're mostly it's soccer takes and I'm enjoying it again. When I finally stopped consuming the news again, remembering that 91% of the tweets that are created in America are created by people on the extreme edges. It's true. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to make a decision this week? I'm not going to let all the things that I'm consuming continue to destroy my perspective that we are living in a good world. And sure, the world's broken, but humans are inherently good and inherently desire to rescue other people. I think that's where I want everyone to get to. I think it's important. And I love you. And that's why I decided to have this conversation with you. Thanks for letting me have it. Uh, Dr. Delight. Hey. <laughs> All right, friends. Uh, I love you. Hey, hey, hold on. Do the rhyme with me. Ready? Men, women, and children. Hope is in the building. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening to the doom scrolling episode of Human Hope. I'm going to be back next week. Next week, we, we got a guest coming back. Now. So I'm back into the guest world. I've given you a couple episodes of just me. Hopefully you enjoyed them. But I think the conversation next week, you're going to love. Love with a capital L. Capital L-O. Love. Just thanks for listening. Hey, you know what's helpful is if you share the podcast with your friends, share it with your family, review it and rate it in all the places. And I'll see you next week on another episode of Human Hope.